Welcome, all of you wine and true crime lovers. I'm Brandy. And I'm Chris. And this is Texas Wine and True Crime. Thank you for being here, friends, for this week's episode, The Silent Crime, Human Trafficking. Hi, Chris. Hello, Brandy. How are you, honey? I'm doing fantastic. Good. We just stuffed our bellies. We did, with a little wine and uh, cheese. Yes. Starting the month off. I, I like okay, so we did wine and um this this wine we'll tell you about. Um we've had it before, but it's one of our favorites. And um we wanted to start February, the month of love, the month of ease. I feel like January was a little um has been a little bit shaky. a lot of disappointing lots of deaths. Lots of deaths, lots of disappointing news. Like I just feeling like people are not getting off maybe not all of us are really getting off to a really, really powerful start in um, this year. And so we wanted to start off our month just simple. Simplicity, sitting back, appreciating what we have. Life is very hectic right now for all kinds of reasons and people and and everybody's going through something. So be kind. Keep it simple. Love. That's it. Just be kind and love. Yes, we kept it very simple tonight. Very simple, but so good and effective. I'm full. I I'm mean, full too. I'm so full. Like you don't need a, a giant meal every night. Sometimes it can just be simple. And we sat around the table and we were laughing and eating and it was great. It was great. Yep. A few snick snacks. A few snick snacks. Okay, babe. We have a big announcement tonight. We do. We do. We've been working really hard on getting it all together, but tonight it launches. Friends, we are now on Patreon. Yay! I feel Yay. like it's been in the works. People have been asking for more episodes, swag, stickers, wine glasses, and we want to make sure we are giving it to you guys. So if you go to Patreon's website, you can check out the different tiers and choose your poison. Babe, even with our first tier, our friends are getting some swag, some recipes, wine list. Um, I think we're going to throw in extra little bonus stuff um, for our friends. Uh, so guys, thank, just, you know, just thanks everybody for suggesting Patreon. It's not something Chris and I had really thought about doing from the beginning, but then we looked more into it and we thought this is the way that we can give like what we love to do back to you. Yes, the extra, the, the, the lan, extra, the lanyap. <laughs> the lanyap. Chris will tell you my whole life is lanyap. Yes, full extra. <laughs> and Chris, there. bonus episodes. They're already going out this week. Yes, they are. We have two. And so once we kind of, friends, just be patient, patient with us. This is the first time we're uploading stuff into Patreon. So hopefully it's worked seamlessly and, and it's all good. But uh, we already have a few um, patrons that have um, signed up. So um, we're going to give, we're going to give some shout outs to them. So Molly Kelly, our friend Molly. That Thank we you, Molly. Yes. That we met up at uh, Casaro. Love you, Molly. Um, and our friends in Floyd Ada, Stacy and Ludesta. Remember hanging out with them? And yes, thank you, Stacy and Ludesta. Yeah, you guys are awesome. And they brought us the cool hat and shirt. I oh, love y'all. Yes. We need to do a show in Floyd Ada. I'm down. We are. I'm so down. And you know what? When we got back from our um, 
at our show at English Newsome, I was telling my mom, you know, we we got to see some listeners from Fully Data, like our friends who listen, and we got to meet them. And she's like, your father used to love going to shoot pool in Floyd Data. Because, <laughs> you know, he was born in, um, oh, you know, um, uh, blah, blah. It just left I my mind. I think you know. <laughs> I do know. I do. Oh, my God. I cannot believe it just left my brain. Oh, that's that's what happens when you drink wine sometimes. See, I, you, I've told you only a million times. You can't remember the name either. I'm I'm just plain like you. view, plain view, plain, plain view. Plain view. Yeah, I remember when you told me. Sorry, plain view now, Dad. But I you love you. My <laughs> He's looking down on me, going, "Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> All right. Well, yes, friends and Floyd Data, Molly Kelly. Thank you so much for becoming our first patrons. You know we love you guys. And just a huge thanks to everyone that has supported the show. Wait, since is that what we, we call patrons of Patreon? I think so. Yeah, patrons. Uh huh. Okay. Patrons. Well, thank you, patrons. You know what? I think that just came out of my mouth. I don't think I was thinking and associating it with Patreon, but I think they actually do call them that. Maybe okay. that's why it's just like subliminal, subliminally in my mind, because and it just came out. Possibly because I, I think that it is on their website. All right, so tonight, uh, babe, we're sipping on a Blanc de Bois from our friends at 10 Mile Productions. Yeah, it went quick. <laughs> it always does. Should have had two bottles. I know. We'll be back there soon. Uh, but I know that they're, they're, uh, they might be out almost. I don't know. I don't know how much they have left or how much they have in stock, but man... This yeah, was it's really good. Get it while you can. Get it while you can because it is so yummy. You'll hear more about the wine and food for tonight during our wine recess. All right, babe, are you ready to get into this week's episode? Yes, let's dive in. All right, friends, let's sip some wine and talk some crime. This week, we are discussing the epidemic of human trafficking. Since we are going to cover trafficking, Chris, across the U.S., I'm going to go ahead and give you three facts about trafficking that people may not know. Number one, a common misconception about human trafficking is that it does not happen in the United States. The United States is actually ranked as one of the worst countries in the world for human trafficking. It is estimated that 199,000 incidents occur within the United States every year. Lots of healthy people here. Yeah, lots. And I'm willing to bet that number is like three times what that number is. Just saying. Number two, California and Nevada are typically on the highest rate of trafficking in the U.S. Behind or in front of Texas and Florida. Importing of those humans for trafficking purposes? No, nope, not well? necessarily, which is something we're going to talk about. It is a lot of these. Um, actually, Chris, most of the people that are imported is actually for more labor trafficking, which we'll talk about. But in fact, labor trafficking, um, it affects more people than than sex trafficking. We'll we'll get into all that. But yes, we're gonna we're gonna kind of talk about all forms of human trafficking. And number three, human trafficking earns global profits of a roughly a hundred and fifty bill billion, that's a B, billion dollars a year for traffickers. 99 billion of which comes from sexual exploitation. Wow. And that includes um, pornography, intercourse, and, and everything along those lines. Not just, you know, intercourse. It, 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 it's more 
sexual abuse, sexual tryst type of thing. So depending on what they're they're needing that partif- that particular victim for. Okay, Chris, there are two types of human trafficking, actually three, but we're going to talk about two mainly tonight, labor trafficking and sex trafficking. Both are big problems, not only in Texas, but the U.S. in general, like I just mentioned. Another, Also another form of human trafficking, um, which we're going to talk about later, that we don't hear a lot about. And we were talking about this a little, Chris, before, before we got on. Um, and that is organ trafficking. So I'm hoping you can explain that a li- since you are in the medical field, if you can maybe give an idea of why that would even be a big thing, why people would even be involved in this and the benefit of all, because apparently people are a lot of making a lot of money doing this. I will try my best. All right. Okay. So let's, um, let's kind of talk about what the definition is first of human trafficking. So human trafficking is an unlawful act of transporting or coercing people in order to benefit from their work or service, typically in the form of forced labor or sexual exploitation. So basically, um, most people are trafficked to either um, perform work or a service for little to no money, or they are used for sexual purposes. Human trafficking can happen to people of all ages, male or female, adults and children can become victims of trafficking. Women are often used for sexual exploitation, while men are actually used more for forced labor. But no doubt there are boys and men exploited sexually, just as there are women forced into labor trafficking. It is believed that one in five human trafficking victims are children exploited for begging child pornography, or child labor. I mean, isn't it kind of unbelievable that this, this is a, this is a rough topic, but you know why we're, you know why I'm doing this today, Chris? This is why I chose this because there are more laws need to be passed. That's the first thing. Second of thing is that this is a lot more common than the numbers that we're going to talk about tonight. This is actually, and that's why I called it the silent crime, because it it goes under the radar. It goes under the radar. People are not likely to come forward um, for many reasons, which we'll talk about. But this is a huge, huge problem in this country. And I feel like it gets ignored. Well, and if you're not from here and you basically come, like you say, imported, I guess we'll use that term, you know, a lot of times the uh, whoever sponsors that person to come here has a pretty big hold on them because they can kind of make or break their stay. And so that's what's kind of how I, I would think how a lot of people are lured to come here. Yep. Because you have this promise of, the you know, the American dream. And then once you get mm-hmm. here, you're basically, you know, getting next to nothing for pay and Yep. You know, some like I said, you have to be sponsored for, you know, to be able to get a work visa. And so that person kind of holds all the cards for you. Yeah. 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 And, and there are certain, I mean, they've got this down to the, the different types of professions that are actually involved in forced labor, agriculture being one, farming. I mean, professional services, people being held up in people's homes as their private servants. I mean, there are just so many things that fall under these categories. And 
it's just unbelievable that that as much. I mean, this is a big business. I mean, this is why the government is saying this is why people who are up to no good are getting in a business like this because it's easy. All they have to do is be semi-threatening, have some sort of means to pull this off. And it's fear tactic, right? It, it's preying on the vulnerable. And now we've got kids involved in this. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about COVID, guys, because this has made this epidemic whole lot worse. I mean, people sitting at home more, they're online more, they're missing people, they're more likely to meet up with strangers if they've been home alone. I mean, these are real things. Maybe that's where all the nurses went at my hospital, they all got trafficked. <laughs> Why? Because they don't ever go to work. Yeah, you have 30% <laughs> less staff right now. Do you have anybody that listens to this at the hospital? Probably. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I think there is... Well, if they listen, they probably still work with me, so <laughs> it's okay. They feel the same pain I do. I know. It's tough right now. It's tough everywhere right now. You know, I mean, it is. Yeah, things are tough all over. They really are, and, and businesses are suffering, and it's uh, it's just tough right now. It's just tough. Okay, so I think there is one misconception about human trafficking that um, we should address because I think when people think of human trafficking, Chris, the first thing that comes to their mind is sex trafficking. Another thing that comes to our minds is that the victim profile is possibly a young girl. And another thing that might pop in our head is that the trafficker being some sort of pimp, right? Or pimp status, I guess you would say. Like already in the industry of hustling women for hustling women to go have sex with people and then get paid for it, right? That would be the first person I would search out. Okay, search. so that that's the I think that's the perception that we all get. Now, most of the sexual crimes and trafficking do fit this profile, but the victim and trafficker, Chris, they can be related, neighbors meeting people online. You might go to school with them. Parent-child trafficking. I'm going to say that again. Parent-child trafficking. And you want to know something? I have a friend that works in the in the Fort Worth um, adoption system, okay? She works with children who need to be adopted. They do social service stuff. They see a lot of things. She shared with me that they are seeing more of the parent-child exploitation because people are have lost their jobs they don't have any way to feed their families and this is a real real thing i mean we talk about just waking up and being thankful i mean th this is actually occurring in our country and in our neighboring in in our neighboring metroplex yeah it's a little hard to stomach right there it's very hard to stomach that's why See something, say something. I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably say that a few times, but it's there's things we're gonna look for. There's things you can look for in your own community, in your own neighborhood. And by the way, we're gonna we're gonna talk more just about. Okay, for instance, let's talk about another misconception about trafficking. That poor, uneducated thugs are only ones responsible for this. Again, back to our first idea of what we see and think about. Well, let's think about, let's talk about the Jeffrey Epstein case, okay? And 
clearly, it takes money to pull this stuff off. It takes power to scare people into keeping their mouths shut. It takes money to pay the victims, exposing them to the good life, right? You have someone who you're giving money to. You're bringing them, Jeffrey Epstein would bring them to their his mansion. You know, he had his little, his little partner, Maxwell, who was just convicted of sex trafficking because guys, that's what the title of their her conviction is. She is guilty of trafficking. And you have these young women who were lured by her, another woman that they maybe thought they could trust. And all she was doing was bringing them to him. I mean, it's just this unbelievable when you sit and you think about what that takes as a human being. And I mean, like, like, um, you know, when uh, when a few police officers we talk to, Chris, and we talk about serial killers and we talk about trying to get in the minds of what they're thinking, we can't do that. It's probably hard for us to think about what that, how they were able to pull that off mentally because we're not psychopaths, right? So we're not, we're not in the business of having sex with 13-year-olds like Jeffrey Epstein was. So but but it doesn't they don't they don't have to be poor they don't have to be a certain race they don't have to be a stranger they don't have to i mean and i'd like we, to see his black book of all of his clients can you imagine i want to know who's going to write is i maybe there is a book out i it's going to happen it's going to come forward but no i mean like kind of like that hollywood madam yeah. that all the mm-hmm. like all of her clients like you wonder if there's something like that that resides yeah. out there I'm sure there is. I, there has to be. I mean, he he had like what six homes or seven homes. He owned an island. He had private jets. I mean, there's record of of everywhere he was. I mean, this is just a tip, but this is just my. This is why I'm saying this is because it takes money to keep people quiet. It takes money to give people the good life. It takes money to convince them that it's better with them than back home with your family. So I don't want people to think that this only happens in poor places or to poor people because um, it absolutely doesn't. Social media and trafficking. So Chris, you have these apps, right, that you can hide conversations in between people. All different kinds of gaming apps, all different kinds of social media interaction group apps. I mean, you have all of these different apps. So if you're a parent regulating your child's phone and you check their Facebook, your in their Instagram, their email, like things basic, what about all these other apps that are now coming out that give access to these perpetrators to these to these um, future victims of theirs? You know, this is, and we're going to talk about when does social media companies become responsible for some of the exchanges that are happening on their platforms? I mean, what do you think about that? Well. I mean, dating apps, okay? Dating apps. That's the problem. I almost said tumble. It's not tumble. Well, there's just many like legitimate legitimate uses. Um, There's always that certain faction that finds, you know. People find love. I'm not saying that. But use like applications for some sort of like nefarious stuff. So, I mean, that's just, it's inevitable. I mean, that's going to happen. 
Because I think at that point you start making everybody liable for someone who commits a crime using their product app, whatever it may be. Right. I mean, that'd be like the gun makers being liable for somebody who uses their gun to shoot somebody and kill them. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, certainly, yes, it's I think they do whatever they can to restrict that stuff and keep it under wraps. I mean, I think everybody that develops something like that goes in in it with good intentions. You know, there certainly are some probably certain apps that are had bad intentions behind them, but you know, for the most part it's well they make you know, them they make them secretive. Like that's the thing. They they give people a way to have these conversations behind their spouse's back, behind well, their a parents' market, there's back. There's a market for that. And so sure. certainly it's like, you know, yeah. They're they have the right to make that. That's right. They do. So they just do. because somebody uses an app to like cheat on their spouse, it's not the app maker's fault. It's probably mm-hmm. the spouse and his girlfriend and his wife who the hell knows so well we'll uh we'll talk about a little texas supreme court case that went through <clears throat> involving facebook and um and trafficking okay so but chris we do see this all the time right young girls meeting older men falling for them meeting up with them right and then sadly their family families never seeing or hearing from them again this is how ha- this happens all the time yes so how can we just do better um, to make sure that that doesn't continue to happen? I mean, legislation, yes. Local legislation, yes. You know, national legislation, yes. But it's becoming such an issue that I'm noticing every year, every two years, they're addressing more and more and more and passing more and more laws against trafficking because they don't know how to stop it. Like, I think that's the crazy thing for me is they don't know the answer. I mean, you can go in the Department of Justice and read. They don't have an answer for this. And all they can do is really just put, you know, put as many laws and, and get people to and, and into basically just like terrorism. Right. You have circles and groups of people who are involved in these types of things and move things around. So I think they are focusing on big things, whereas I find that just smaller things, smaller cases just kind of go under the wayside, and um, they could be victims of trafficking. Okay, so, um, babe, let's uh, let's take a wine recess. Okay, okay, let's take a wine let's recess. Take a wine I'm, recess. I'm ready for a wine recess. I'm ready for more wine. But we don't have <laughs> any more? So I know. Hardly a recess. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about the wine we did have. It's our friends Blanc de Bois at Ten Mile Productions. Yes, it's very good. It is unfined and unfiltered. It's got a very nice effervescent touch. Um, So we will taste and tasted notes of grapefruit, lemon, guava, and maybe even some green apple. Yeah, we initially had it in summertime and it was great summertime wine, but really it's great for any time. (laughs) It so is. Even if it's cold outside or somewhat cold. Muggy, even. Muggy, yeah. Or the the snow the snow apocalypse or whatever you say it is <laughs> coming to Texas snow apocalypse so. yes. snow apocalypse okay so what did we eat tonight just a simple charcuterie board charcuterie board <laughs> it was so good what did we put on it we put a homestead blue cheese a cocoa cardona which apparently is a goat's milk cheese. With like a cocoa rind. It was yummy. It was yummy. A few assorted uh, 
salamis, like a pepper. I think it was a pepper, two pepper salamis, and then just a regular. Okay. And I, you know, salami, salami, maybe. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't get all fancy. And then we had a baked brie. We've done it like 150 times, but it's so, always good. We just can't get enough of it. I mean, it's With like so a good. little uh, kind of an orange marmalade uh, so dressed good. up layer, sweet layer on top. So With the cranberry and sea salt crackers. Yeah, lots of sweet stuff tonight. Um, I thought it was perfect with the yeah, wine. It was a little savory stuff, too. So it all worked well. It and all worked And your figs, really you well. like the figs. I didn't have any figs. So I don't know why I didn't, but. I'm a, I could eat figs and cheese all day. Your mom, we were talking about that today. Your mom and I, we just it figs and figs and cheese. It's life. It's life. It was so good, babe. And Thank you. um, we, I enjoyed it. It was so good. We were sitting around the table, munching on it, drinking our wine, and we're like, oh no, we're out of wine. It was just, uh, it all went so well together. Yep, and quick. And quick. Okay, babe. Let's jump back into this. Okay. Okay. All right, so guys, let's talk. The global pandemic of COVID-19 has had a serious impact on human trafficking, particularly due to increased social and economic vulnerabilities, in addition to increased time online, which puts someone at risk for grooming and abuse. So this is exactly why schools wanted to reopen, okay? Because when they are over the age, I do believe, of 12... 12 or 13, this is when this becomes a problem. By then, they probably already have a phone. They already have an iPad. They're using maybe a tablet for school. And even when there was online learning, this became a problem because kids were not were not actually logging on. So you have these young people at home able to be online. And if they're not online, then they had more time to not go in school and actually go hang out with their friends, which actually increased teenage pregnancy during COVID-19. So again, you have the people are at home, they're online, they're more vulnerable, people have lost their jobs, people are, you know, stressed. I mean, even though that feels like that was a year ago, it wasn't a year ago. People are still unemployed. People are still losing their jobs. People, I don't know, Chris, I don't know if business, I hope business gets back to where it was before the pandemic. I'm not sure if traveling for business will ever get back to the way it was before the pandemic. I mean, most companies that have people who travel constantly, 80, 90% of the time, they're like at 20% now, statistically, 20 or 30%. I mean, it's been a huge decrease. Well, people are probably happier if they're working less, right? Well, yes, but I think also they are doing things online. They are using the ability to, you know, there's more time to be online. They're doing their meetings over the internet. I mean, that's what they're doing. Instead of flying and doing them in person, they're doing everything online. And I just, I mean, don't you feel like even our kid has gotten like in front of her iPad more this past year than any other time? I mean, I feel like they were sort of forced into having that in front of their face. Yeah, more or less. And I feel like even teenagers, like I think kids just have gone through this change with some of this stuff and it really just leaves them open for risk. The Philippine Department of Justice noted an increase of nearly 300% with potential online sex trafficking. K-12 
cases from March to May, Chris, in 2020. Right after the pandemic started. Big jump. The period during which the Philippines was under lockdown or quarantine measures. Interesting. In India, there was a reported 95% rise in online searches. India ranked among the highest countries in the world for material related to sexual, um, child sexual abuse um, found globally in 2020. The U.S. National Center for Missing and Exploited Children reported a 98.6% increase in online enticement reports between January and September of 2020 compared to the same period in 2019. Cyber tip lines doubled to 1.6 million. What is that? That is basically you can call in and if you think you're being trafficked. Oh. Yeah, to report this type of thing. Reporting suspicious Reporting behavior. suspicious behavior, right. Um, I wanted to... Um, I wanted to talk about something, and I'm trying to figure out if I want to talk about it. Okay, I think I'm going to wait a second and kind of talk about what I wanted to talk about. Um, Chris, I after doing this research, I realized that I was a victim of a potential sex trafficking. You were? I was. You're Based on my research. I didn't know, but I know now reading some of this. So I'm going to share that. And it was, it's the most bizarre thing. And you would, it would have never crossed my mind, but now reading this and talking and, and what I know now, it makes sense. The Texas Supreme court ruled in 2021 that federal law does not grant Facebook immunity against lawsuits for users who use its platform to lure minors into sex trafficking. Three plaintiffs filed separate suits against Facebook, alleging that they became victims of sex trafficking after meeting their abusers through Facebook or Instagram, which Facebook owns. In addition to several negligence claims, the plaintiff asserted claims under a Texas statute that allows civil lawsuits against those who intentionally or knowingly benefit from participation in a sex trafficking venture. Facebook moved to dismiss all these claims, Chris, against it, basically saying that they were not liable because of the Communications Decency Act, and that actually protects um, computer service providers, basically, such as Facebook, from being held liable for any information provided by its users. Wait one second. You just said you were potentially sex trafficked, and then you went to reading all these stats about the Texas Supreme Court. I think everybody wants to hear about that, not stats. <laughs> Babe, I'm okay. Well, no, this was years ago, and I will tell you, and you're going to be shocked I'm when I tell you. Like you, you like said that, and then went to something. Well, because I'm different. okay, nothing ever happened to I me. Don't mean anything? You weren't okay. Uh, I'm just saying, like, I think you left the listener kind of a cliffhanger of sorts. Well, then I guess it keeps them on, doesn't it? Yeah. I didn't do that on purpose. I just wanted to get to my. Facebook stuff. <laughs> because this is crazy, right? So, okay. So basically, the Texas Supreme Court says, you know what, Facebook, like, 
it, this does not work. The, the Section 230 Communications Decency Act doesn't basically create a lawless no man's land on the internet. The court further explained that Section 230 protects internet platforms for being held accountable for their users' words or actions. Um, but holding internet platforms accountable for their own misdeeds is quite another thing, they said. So here's the deal. All three plaintiffs were minors at the time they were lured into a life of trafficking after being groomed by Facebook or Instagram users. One plaintiff's mother reported the Instagram sex trafficking activities to Facebook, but Facebook did not respond. So the mother found it and said something to Facebook, and they never did anything. In 2019, Texas ranked first in the nation with human trafficking crimes actually tried in the court system. So we see more trafficking crimes in our court system than basically any other state. We're a big state. We are a big state. And human trafficking is um, a big business. Like I mentioned, 150 billion a year, 99 billion from commercial sexual sexual exploitation, 34 billion in the construction, manufacturing, mining and utilities, 9 billion in agriculture including forestry and fishing and 8 billion um is saved annually by private households that employ domestic workers under conditions of forced labor. While only 19% of victims are trafficked for sex, sexual exploitation earns 66% of the global profits of human trafficking. I mean, can I just say how disgusting people are to even involve themselves in this? I mean, it just... No doubt. I mean, I think that's one thing we always have to consider, the people that are involved, not the actual traffickers themselves. Just them, I mean... That's what I mean. These pe- what about the people funding this not like this horrible thing? I mean funding it. Billion dollar industry, a billion dollar industry. Paying for sex with children and people being exploited. It's just this episode's making me not like people. <laughs> I think lots of our episodes of mess not like people. <laughs> oh, God. It's so gross. Um, Chris, vic- victims don't um, necessarily seek help for a few reasons. One, they may not speak the language. Maybe they have been moved here or an American moved somewhere else, which, which happens as well. Or American taken off of, of an island or you know, in another country and disappears. I mean, it doesn't, it happens all over. This is a global issue. Um, Because human trafficking is considered a more under the radar type of crime, several key indicators can help people recognize um, people that might be in danger. So here's a few things to look out for. Appearing malnourished, appearing injured or having signs of physical abuse, Avoiding eye contact, social interaction, and law, enforce- law enforcement. Responding in manners that seem rehearsed or scripted. Lacking personal identification documents. And lacking personal possessions. Okay, before I get into the two stories, um, the two crime uh, cases that I want to mention involving trafficking, Chris, I'll tell you what happened to me. So do you remember when I was... 
working out a lot in the gym and I wanted to be a personal trainer for friends and family? Yes. Do you remember when I went and took that fitness test and I had to go to a location? Um, and I remember you even saying something about the location. It was maybe, um, I'm going to say maybe like Northwest Highway area. And I don't remember the crossroad. But I remember thinking, okay, this is probably why Chris, I think it was like Mockingbird in 35, actually. I think I'm wrong about that. I think it was Mockingbird in 35. So I go Sketchy. Very sketchy. So I go to a building and I go up to the third floor and I walk into an office and there's no air conditioning on. That was the first thing that I remembered. And then I remember that they had about seven computers in the back room and that's where I was going to take my test. So they check me in and I go back there to take the test and then I'm finished. And do you remember what happened that day when I finished? No. I didn't pass my test. Oh. <laughs> I was so devastated. I was like, how did I not pass this? I was really bummed out. But when I went back out there and the test results, what they were, the guy at the front desk said, listen, if this test is really important to you, and I'll never forget this, if this test is really important to you, I can help you pass it. Here's my number. Just call or text Next time you um, you schedule your test and you schedule to come here, you know, let me know you're coming and, um, you know, I'll just be able to help you just to make sure. Now, he probably wasn't supposed to do that. Clearly, that's sketchy. Clearly, that's weird. But me being the person I am, I go downstairs, get in my car and I Google the phone number and it is connected to an escort service. And I was reading, when I was researching this, they said this is actually a common thing. Mobile phone numbers that are connected to either gentlemen's clubs or some sort of escort service or something in that relation. And as soon as I read that, I was like, oh, man. So that's my story. That's the first time hearing of this. Well, because when I got, because I just thought, okay, but if you're Googling a phone number, like I wasn't thinking like, oh, this guy's trafficking me. I thought maybe he gave me a wrong number. Like maybe this is stupid. Is this like a joke? Like I thought nothing of it. I wasn't going back to that location. I thought nothing of it. The guy didn't have my phone number. He never asked me my name. Nothing like that. It was just like, hey, here's my number. Next time you come back up to take the test, let me know. I'll help you out you know, help you pass this. Clearly, I was thinking he wanted me to pay him to pass him to give me like a passing certificate. That's what I thought. But then reading and researching trafficking, I realized they give them that number and it is associated with a business that is funneling the money in the trafficking. Did you call the number? No, I did not. I, I Googled the, the number. Test? I Googled the number. I never went back. Remember? I told you I was done with it. I just worked out for fun after that. Mm. But I realized that it was clearly sketch, right? It was clearly sketch. So guys, just be careful. It, it, I mean, you know, don't call numbers that random men give you. But at least I Googled it and figured it out. But not until I was reading about sex trafficking did I realize that this is part of, this is part of how they do things. 
Okay, so I'm going to talk about a few of the cases that have made news recently. A Dallas man has been found guilty of sex trafficking a 14-year-old minor and an adult victim. After less than an hour of um, half hour of deliberation, a federal jury in Dallas convicted Anthony Linnell AC, 34 years old, on one count of child sex trafficking and one count of sex trafficking by force, fraud, and coercion. According to the evidence presented at trial, Mr. AC trafficked at least two victims, um, including the 14-year-old girl who ended up, Chris, being a runaway from McKinney. Um. Now, he trafficked this girl through multiple hotels in Dallas and in California. Again, it takes some money to do that. Agents with the North Texas Trafficking Task Force testified that they recovered Jane Doe number one, an adult victim one, out of a Dallas hotel room and arrested Mr. AC as he was leaving the hotel parking lot. At the trial, Jane Doe one testified that Mr. AC approached her in the parking lot next to a hotel a couple weeks after she ran away from home. She stated that Mr. AC told her that she could be a model for his clothing line and then drove her to a hotel where he offered her dinner and a place to stay that night. She testified that Mr. AC later forced her to take ecstasy pills, caused her to engage in commercial sex in Dallas and in California, and physically assaulted her multiple times. Adult victim one testified at trial that Mr. AC first recruited her over Facebook, claiming that he wanted to be her boyfriend. Adult victim one stated that after she traveled to Dallas to visit Mr. AC, he took her cell phone and her car keys and forced her to engage in commercial sex in order to pay back the money he claimed to have spent on her. Mr. AC trafficked adult victim one first in Dallas and later in Austin and then in California. Adult victim one testified that Mr. AC forced her to earn $1,000 a day with all proceeds turned over to him. Both victims testified that Mr. AC repeatedly beat them, threatened them at gunpoint and knife point, and threatened to kill them and their families if they called the police. Case number two. A, Smith- a Smithfield man was sentenced today to three um, was sentenced to three consecutive life sentences in prison for conspiracy to commit sex trafficking by force, fraud, or coercion of a minor, sex trafficking by force, sex trafficking um, using the internet to promote a prostitution business, and the possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. On March 1st, 2021, Jenkins was convicted of those crimes by a jury after a five-day trial. He was also paid ordered to pay restitution in the amount of at least $418,000. According to court records and evidence presented at trial, Jonathan Lynn Jenkins, 48 years old, and his co-conspirator prostituted many women between November 2014 and October 2015, including minors. The victims were young, vulnerable, and often struggling to survive. After luring the victims with promises of food, shelter, and a better life, Jenkins and his co-conspirator manipulated and controlled the victims' lives, isolating them, withholding food, and keeping all the money the victims earned. The defendant beat and choked the victims, sometimes to unconsciousness. Chris, he emotionally abused them. He psychologically abused him. I mean, this guy, he was a real piece of work. Um... Before imposing the sentence, the judge actually said he is an extraordinary, dangerous human being, and his crimes are a form of modern-day slavery. 
So that's just two examples of things the courts are now seeing and hearing, and it's just becoming more of an issue in the United States. It is. Okay, Chris, let's talk about the third part of human trafficking that we don't hear much about, but it's still an issue. And that is human trafficking for the removal of organs, um, which does provide perpetrators basically with a one-time financial gain, right? Mm -hmm. So they're saying kidney procedures can cost up to $200,000 on the black market. Yep. That's the number one organ that's usually procured from like a, like someone, because it's like, you can take that from a living donor. Okay. Because you have two kidneys, you know? Mm-hmm, right. Versus most of your other organs that are, um, you get one of. Yeah, okay, true. So, can't like take a liver out of a living person and, you know, have them keep on living or whatever. Right. Okay. Or heart. Right, yeah, you can't live with them. Yeah, you need all that. So, why, why would someone be involved in this in the first place? Money. You just said $200,000, so I mean. Okay. So who is involved in this? I assume you would have to be a medical professional to be running this ring, correct? Well, we had this discussion. I mean, I would think personally this, people are not, you know, transplanting organs here within the United States. I would imagine they would maybe be harvested from here. You Mm -hmm. know, like I said, people are healthier here. But, I mean, think of all that goes into, like, putting a new organ in somebody. I mean, it, it has to be a hospital setting, mm-hmm. you know, it has to be like the, you know, correct match blood types, things like that. All the checks in place, a hospital like receiving an organ and having to go through all the checks there, you know, what's in mm-hmm. the, the operating room. I mean, you know, you're going, so I just couldn't see, but other countries now, mind you, where a hospital would look the other way or, you know, where it is, it's about making profits. And I would imagine it'd be very wealthy, you know, to be able to, um, you know, like I said, procure your organ mm-hmm. on the black market to be in, you know, transplanted into you. Yeah, I still think like the average person would not necessarily be the brains of this. Well, no, I mean, even just the surgery itself, the anti-rejection drugs you have to take following, you know, your surgery, all the follow-ups and things like that. I mean, that's a, all the, it's not just one surgeon that goes in there and does that. I mean, it's like, a, yeah, if you're, General surgeon, vascular team, things like that. I mean, it's like reconnecting blood vessels. It's it's a team of people. So, yeah. But I'm sure it's all about money. But but who, I guess my, I guess another question I have is, is it because families who are desperate to get an organ for their loved one are willing to buy it if they can afford no, I it? Think, I, what is probably the purpose, other Probably other countries, like here you would get on a waiting list. Right. I mean, it just might not, I mean, obviously you get your driver's license, they push being an organ donor. You know, if somebody dies in a hospital and they're an organ donor, they basically harvest everything there on the spot from them and dole them out wherever across the U.S. that they're maybe required or needed with whatever, like, certain time frame that organ will, you know, be, you know, viable. Okay. But in other countries, that may not be the same thing. So you would probably have, I mean, like I said, $200,000. That's yeah. U.S. dollars, too. That's what I mean. So the the amount of money, this is not some family that, you know, just is down on their luck and not up on the waiting list. I mean, that's not the person with a bunch of cash. 
I'm, so st- I'm who knows? still, I, mean, I don't, it's, it's I'm very still shady. trying to figure I, I out mean, who would it be doing this. You know, like lots of urban legend. I mean, I think it happens. I'm, I'm, I myself would have to like look more into the numbers. I mean, I know it does happen, but it's, um, there's a hell of a lot involved in doing that. Just wow. even removing the organ itself so delicately and being able to, you know, make sure like it's taken right. out, which take, you ha- which, taken out properly, you know, right. where it can. So actually that's going be to placed. be a surgeon. I mean, if somebody is going to actually fund, a, but no, that's or- the thing. You have to. It's more than just that. That's like you mentioned the, you know, the urban legends of me waking up in a. About to device, yeah. I mean, the the chances of that person bleeding out internally, <laughs> like if just one person. I mean, it's like. There's so many things involved. I mean, I guess it could could happen. I don't know if that person survived or anything like that. But, I mean, it's like, but once again, it's, you know, if somebody's paying that much money, just think about how important every aspect of that whole caper would be. That's what I'm saying. So that, so to me, a very intelligent person and a person with means would be running something like that. Yeah, and paying people so if that, I'm a ha- surgeon, that have means. If I'm know. a surgeon in another country, okay, and I somehow get involved in this, what am I doing with those organs? What am I doing with them? Am I constantly selling them? And why am I selling them? Do you know, I guess I'm not understanding the whole... I, I, I guess, I don't know. Like, I can understand, well, like, reaching like, out. Like I said, maybe... Like, here, it's a big thing. It's pushed, you know? Sure. Be an organ donor. Yeah, I don't know what other people's culture is. I mean, maybe they don't want to lose. Maybe they want all their organs with them when they are buried in the ground. Maybe they want to keep their shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's more challenging to get an organ in another country. There's, you know, the same amount of people, but maybe it's just not one of those things that are, you know, and also just, I think, you know, healthcare here, you know, mm-hmm. and, and of course in the big European countries is probably fantastic, but, you know, this is probably happening in you know, little shadier countries, perhaps, you know, yeah. but some South American hospitals, who knows? But I mean, people are like, said of looking the other way, because there's so much, it's just, there's so much involved. If I was a betting woman, and I am a betting woman, I would bet that there are U.S. doctors involved in this, even if it's in other countries. I'm sorry. I, I do. I don't think oh, that it's just totally out there, of realm. I that. think there, there may be some rogue doctors, but I mean, I just think it's, you know, or doctors who have went to medical school in a different country and they came to the but you US. Can, that's what's so like here, other countries, doctors don't get paid like they do. Doctors are paid like a nurse in other countries. It's a calling. Here is where you become rich being a doctor. So, what is the allure, honestly, of doing those things? I don't know. Like, <laughs> that's mean, what I'm trying you to make. You make enough money as a practicing physician. Like it's like, unless you have some crazy gambling debt or something you have to repay. I mean, it's, that's what's, that's why I think in other countries, a doctor might be more apt to do that because you do go to school all the time yeah. and it's like, you don't make it's, it's a, it's like a civil servant kind of gig. You know, sure. it's not yeah. like here where, you know, you've got doctors making four or $500,000 a year. Yeah. So I think there's more of an, you know, a reason why you might be apt to do something like that versus, and like I said, I'm not saying they don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's probably, there's some, you know, crazy people out there and, you know, no matter how yeah. much money they make, but uh, you know, I don't know. I wonder if this becomes a problem in, um, like, I think people would be like, like snatched, from, snatched from here and then transported somewhere else and having 
that kidney removed in another country versus okay, yeah, it being harvested here and stuffed in a cooler and Try to jumping on a Learjet yeah. and going some other place, you know. Agreed. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, it's a problem, too. They're trying to uh, crack down on the selling of organs, which is um, becoming more and more of an issue and which goes back to labor trafficking, which goes back to the sex trafficking. Uh, President Biden released the National Action Plan to Combat Human Trafficking on December 3rd, 2021. Uh, so, Chris, the Justice Department's national strategy really aims to prosecute these human trafficking cases and to support and protect the human trafficking victims and survivors. And and as we always say, if you see something, say something. It's better to be say, to say something and be wrong than it is to not and be right. So if something looks suspicious, if you're sitting in a restaurant and you see a little girl sitting next to someone and she looks out of place or doesn't look like she's comfortable, you know, just pay attention. That's all I'm saying. Let's just pay attention to each other. Um, and, uh, yeah, life would be, uh, life would be much better. Okay. Um, Chris, that concludes our episode. The silent crime, human trafficking. It was a good one. It was a good one, babe. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Cork the wine. Yes, we are going to cork the rind, of course. Cork the rind or wine? <laughs> did I say wine, rind? Like traffic it. Traffic it. I didn't it's say traffic it. Yes, you did. Like 15 times, but I didn't want to mention until the end. It's trafficked. Trafficked. I didn't say trafficked. Yeah, I you kind of like, like Ron Burgundy. You'll read anything that's put up there in front of you. So. <laughs> Who's in charge of my teleprompter? All right, babe. I'm giving it five corks. Yes, five corks. Five corks for our friends at Tim All Productions. This is one of our favorite wineries and some of our favorite people. Their wine is so delicious. You ladies work so hard, and we can't wait to see you soon. I miss them. I'm Me ready to get well. back. Go see our friends at Tim All Productions in Brownwood, Texas, and tell them Texas Wine and True Crime sent you. Chris, each week we highlight an organization that just inspires us to be givers and better people in general. And tonight we are sharing the polarisproject.org. Polaris is leading a data-driven social justice movement that reduces, prevents, and ultimately ends sex and labor trafficking and supports survivors on their path towards freedom and healing. So Chris, they basically focus on the detailed analysis of how trafficking operates um, in the U.S., how it operates in other countries, and how that intersects with business, finance, government, and society. Because I think it's all interconnected. There's probably businesses involved, um, businesses that are hiding what they're actually doing. So they basically look at it as a whole and figure out um, where is the trafficking happening and what can we do um, to stop it. They have different ways you guys can get involved. Um, you can donate. They have this cool thing where you can donate um, cryptocurrency. I think that's pretty cool. Um, just just go to their website, polarisproject.org, P-O-L-A-R-I-S, project.org to learn more. All right, babe, it's time to say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Until next time, friends. Stay safe, have fun, and cheers to next time. Cheers. <laughs>